Welcome to the Complete Sinner's Guide. This is the Biblical Theology Podcast hosted by Tyler Fowler and myself. My name is Noah July. Delighted to be with you as we record this episode. We're talking today about debt. We're talking today about money management. What does the Bible have to say? What does God have to say? Do you have to pay tithe to get into heaven? All those questions and more, they're all coming up on the Complete Sinner's Guide. Tyler, welcome into the program. What's going on, Noah? How you doing today, buddy? Not too much. I was excited to bring this topic up because when you and I were talking off air, I said, you said, Noah, what are some of the topics you might want to talk about? I said, hey, you know, I'd really like to cover money. It's nothing that we've talked about before. And I think it's a really important thing. And certainly it's something that a lot of people struggle with and a lot of people talk about. In fact, I attended a, a very interesting, it was a, uh, it was a, it was essentially, it was a Bible camp meeting. And uh, one of the guest presenters that was there was talking about magicians and he was talking about con artists and how they use things that they can assume about other people to bring people into sin and how they can uh, and how they can entice people away from God. And one of the things that he talked about is there are certain things that you can hit on that everybody will identify with. And so if I go into a crowded room and I say, I'm thinking of you and you're a person that struggles a little bit with money, right? Every person in that room is thinking to themselves, oh, that guy's talking about me, right? And then you expand it a little bit further and say, and this person has a white dog named Toto. And that's where it gets a little dicey because somebody will say, well, I don't have a white dog named Toto, but but my cousin does. He has a white dog and their their, their daughter calls him Toto, even though that's not his name. And all of a sudden it begins, right? And then they're drawn in. And so yeah. the fact that mm-hmm. we can count on people to identify, self-identify as people who have problems with money, we have, we, we all struggle with money. All of us would like to have more of it. All of us would like to know how to manage it better. And what does the Bible really say about money? So the first thing, Tyler, I want to talk about mm-hmm. is, is money evil? Because oftentimes you will hear people say that, that, the, that, that money itself is evil, and of course, that's not what the Bible tells us. The sure. Bible says that the love, the, the the love of money, is the root of all evil, and so this goes back to the very basic premise that we can only serve one master. We can only serve one God, and in the traditional sense, when we're growing up in in church and being taught, typically we talk about other gods and other masters being false idols or false other gods. And the truth is that you can serve a second master and it not be a god at all. It can be something like money. It can be something like lust. It can be something like, I want the latest thing. I want the latest phone. I want the latest game system. Whatever it is, whatever your thing is, that can be another master that you serve. And so the problem is, and this is what I, I think this is what First Timothy six ten is talking about, is the fact that people need to center their lives around Jesus and around God and the example that he set. So let's talk a little bit about what the Bible says and the example that the the Bible leaves to us. So first thing is tithe. Now, Tyler, I'm going to guess that you are a guy that that believes in tithe. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I love giving to my church. Um, I, I mean, it's not, and, and here's the thing that a lot of people get confused with Noah is that they think that they are giving their money to God because God needs their money somehow. No, right. no, no, no. And, and I've actually heard pastors preach that God needs your money. No, he doesn't. He's God. He can do whatever he wants to. There's going to be a day whenever all the gold in the world is destroyed, right? Like exactly. it, it, it's going to be done away with, but you're right. It, and just to hit on your first question, that you ask is money evil no nothing here here, now here's my opinion about things and i kind of take a little you know sidetrack but i don't think anything material is evil or good in and of itself i think evil men make good things evil okay Mm -hmm. and what do i mean by that for example Sex, it, you know, I know we're not talking about sex, but sex is a good thing. It's a gift from God. But man has perverted sex and has taken it to extremes, literally, something that God never intended it. We do the same thing with our money. And what's funny is we're actually going over the Ten Commandments one by one in church, right? Uh-huh. And the first one, we hit the first one, right? Today, you shall not have any other gods before me. And that's not just one of the, well, I don't see anybody bowing down and worshiping Nebo, or I don't see anybody bowing down and, you know, worshiping these false gods or, or whatever like they did back in the old days. It, it, they No, we don't really see that in our, you know, in the United States now. I mean, you can, you know, check off Islam or whatever, Hinduism and all that stuff. That's not sure. what I'm talking about. What we see now is not so much the bowing down and worship, but we are putting things before God. And yes. money is a big thing. We think that if we don't have money, we can't survive. That's right. You know, now, granted, you know, money is a big part of the world, but we can do without it whenever we have God. Yeah, and part of that is relying that God is going to come through on time, never late, right? And and provide that right. meal and provide exactly. that housing above your head. But, you know, the, the, thing that has exactly. always, the thing that has always caught me a little sideways about people believing that money in and of itself is evil is what what would that mean for us if money is in fact evil let's just mm. go with that for a second i don't believe that it is but let's just say for the sake of argument that we sure. believe money is evil then good people god-fearing people who are the antithesis of evil could never possess money it would be a bad thing we'd want as little money as possible right. because it's evil and in fact there are people out there that believe that people who follow god people who follow the, the christian belief should have as little money as humanly possible, and it should be all given away to poor people and people in need and so on and so forth. I submit to you this, though. If money is if money is not evil and we treat it as if it were evil, and because of we treat it that it's evil, we try to have as little of it as possible, then the money and the control of money winds up in the hands of people that are not walking with God. And how is that? How can that possibly be a practical good thing on earth if all of the people in control of the money are those who aren't walking with God? Because people who walk with God believe that money is evil. So I don't think that money is evil. That's not what the Bible tells us. It says that the love of money is is evil. And so where, where I get to with that, Tyler, is this. We, as Christians, we should be honest, we should be hardworking, and we should try to amass wealth and then we should use that wealth that we've amassed to further the kingdom of god 
And that is the responsible biblical way of managing money. And so as it relates to tithe, you're right. God doesn't need money. God isn't sitting up there trying to balance his checkbook. And he's like, Tyler didn't write his tithe check. This, I, I mean, need how, a little bit more. From geez, that. how are we going to buy the how are we going to buy the communion bread this week? You know, that, no, it's not like that. Right. Oh, uh, no. Giving mm-hmm. is for us. Giving is because we, it is good for us as human beings, as citizens of God's kingdom, to be generous people. God wants us to be a generous people. And the way to do that is a a structured and and consistent giving schedule. Now, I've had people ask me... Well, not only that, no, it... uh, I was just going to say, not to interrupt, but not only that, it shows self-control on our behalf, because if we're just trying to, you know get as much wealth as we can and we're not giving it out and helping you know further the kingdom and we don't mean by that like we're like literally building the walls of God's kingdom no the bricks and the stones of God's kingdom is us and whenever we use that money for evangelism or you know things for the church or or for the local church building is what i mean by that you know whenever we build that up and we go out and use that money to reach other people the actual stones that builds god's temple that's how we build the kingdom of god by getting the people who are the stones to you, you see what I'm saying, like believe. I mean, that's the purpose of evangelism is to convert people, and that's how we build God's temple. That's exactly right. And so the 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 money that we take and put into our local churches and into the local kingdom is is called for. And so it does three things, as you correctly pointed out. It helps build the kingdom here on earth and spread the word of God. The second thing it does, it takes care of the people that are doing that, right? When you pay your tithe to your local church, right? you're funding your pastor's salary. You're making sure that he can eat so that his yep. concentration is when he wakes up and goes to bed at night, concentrated on how can he best spread the word of God, which if we all, you know, yep. there's two ways to go about this, right? We could all be, and we should all be, living examples of Christ and going around and exemplifying his love and demonstrating to other people what a Christ-like life is like. The other thing, though, yeah, is when you are employed, um, uh, you uh, you weld, right? Yeah, I do. And, and so, and so, I work on on computer systems and in, in computer network systems. And so, we can both do those things and take the money that we earn from that and put it back into somebody who has the passion to spend all day, every day, talking and spreading the word of Christ. And so, it's a very important thing. You know, people ask. Do I have to give tight to get into heaven? No, you don't have to give tight to get in heaven. You don't get. Mm. It's not like the St. Peter's going to stand up there at the at, at the gates of heaven and say, "You didn't, uh, you, you you missed four <laughs> months." You know, it, no, it doesn't work like that. Giving you were about tree fifty short. That's <laughs> exactly right. You got a, you got an outstanding debt here before we can let you. No, it, it's not like that. But yeah. it's for us, and so the the idea of this ten percent. Listen, if you can't make it on ninety percent, you ain't making it on a hundred, right? Ten percent of your paycheck right. is not what's keeping you is not the de- is not the definition of success right if you are sitting down you're like man 10% of my paycheck i just i don't know if i'm going to cut it this month yeah no if you can't make it on 90% you won't make it on 100 second question that comes up a lot with tithe right do i tax on the net or mm-hmm. do i tax do i tax before tax or after tax should i pay should i pay uh, mm-hmm. my my tithe before uh, taxes come out of my paycheck my paycheck's 1000 bucks do i have to pay ta- tithe on 1000 bucks or do i wait till i get See, the $840 that after the, the the tax and stuff came out and then i should pay tithe on that 
Right. See, here's the thing, dude. Like, I think this is just my personal opinion about it. But whenever if, if someone is that deep into it, I think they miss the point of tithing. God loves a cheerful giver, right? That doesn't mean after taxes, he loves your cheerful giving right. or even before taxes, he loves your cheerful giving. I get it. If you're trying to budge your or budget your money and you're trying to keep track of it and all that stuff. I understand that. But if you're not, if you have to balance your checkbook before you give to the church, you miss the whole point. Right. See what I'm saying? Yep. It's to give what the excess that you do have. Most of the time, if you're trying to get that money back at the end of the year by writing it off as taxes, what exactly are we doing with our money? Yeah, I'm, you know I'm, what I'm I mean? Not like, even, what, not even so are we much, trying to profit? Right, right. And I'm not even so much just go, talking go about... No, I'm just not even talking so much about getting the money back. I'm, I'm saying, you know, when you when you mm-hmm. go, when you work, like, let's say you make 10 bucks an hour, right? And you work 10 hours, you get a check for 100 bucks, right? Except they don't actually write you a check for $100. They write right. a check for like $86 or $84 and the, the you sure. know, 15 bucks or whatever whatever comes out for tax. And so you get people that say, well, do I pay $8.5 in tithe or do I pay $10 in tithe? And my answer to that is it doesn't I see what you're saying. It doesn't matter. That's my answer. It doesn't matter. God isn't concerned right. about where in your budget you how exactly you balance the numbers. The point is I want you to take right. what you have and give 10%. Now, truthfully, exactly. Many of us who are Christians tend to give above and beyond 10% and the reason for that is this. Giving Biblical, godly giving should be willing, as you correctly pointed out. You should want to give, and it should also be continual mm-hmm. and growth. It should not be stagnant. And so if you say, well, I paid my 10%, mm-hmm. I'm good, right? That's great, but are you as a person, are you as a Christian growing into a generous giving person? Let me tell you something. If you want the most fun you'll ever have in your whole life, you go to a restaurant mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve and order a cup of coffee and leave a $100 bill underneath the uh, underneath the coffee cup as a tip, okay? There's only one reason, Ooh. one reason only, a waitress is working on Christmas Eve. It's because she needs the money, right? Mm-hmm. And exactly. you, you spend 15 exactly. minutes, you will never see more joy. You'll never bring more joy to your eyes, ever. You know, you walk out and you just go sit out in your car and wash the window, but you will never find more joy in, in being generous to other people when you're insanely generous to other people uh-huh. and give to other people mm-hmm. uh, you know, willingly... And, and and happily, you it brings you inner joy. And it, honestly, it it's a lot about what we talked about with uh, with with Christmas and 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 where the spirit of Christmas right. comes. Um. So so, so so go ahead. So so yeah. So a statement and a question then to make um in what we just talked about. First of all, the statement, please, if you're hearing this right, and you're one of those people who give a gospel track that looks like money to a waitress, please don't do that. And here's why I say that. The minute that, because like Noah pointed out, if if a waitress is working on Christmas Eve, that means she needs money. Now, I'm not saying it's sinful or even wrong to leave a gospel track. What I'm saying is, please, if you're going to leave a gospel track to a waitress, don't make it look like money. Because if that woman or man goes over there and thinks that, oh, you know, there, there's that, you know, five bucks that I need, and she sees that it's just a piece of paper that's, that's literally the value of it is worthless, material value of right. it is worthless— She's not going to look at the gospel track. It's almost like a slap in the face because yes. I've been in that position before. And right? you're doing and that in God's it. name. And 
Exactly. Exactly. And it's not the bad thing. It's just what I, it's not bad to leave a gospel track out. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you're going to leave a gospel track out to a waitress, make sure it's one that doesn't look like money. That's all I'm saying. Well, not because only that, I've been leave you money as, I mean? I would argue that you should leave money as well. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Leave, leave money. But the question that I have, Noah. Uh huh. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Question. Go ahead. Okay. So. Real quick, and then get back to that, what you was going to say. But my question is this. Where does it say in the, do, in, in, in the New Covenant that we, that, that we even need to start out at 10%? Yeah, I again, I don't know that it's the, it's the number. I wouldn't get hung up on that. I, I guess right. I would submit to you that uh, tithe is something that, is, that is, is fairly generally accepted that hasn't been changed in the Bible, and so we carry it over. But here's the thing. If there's somebody out there that is listening mm-hmm. to this and going— Jesus New Testament doesn't say, that's fine. Okay, forget tithe for just a moment. I believe that it's our responsibility as Christians to give the tithe, the 10%. But if you don't, that's fine. Consider this. Just give willingly. Mm -hmm. Give willingly and become a generous person. 10% is really the entry-level, bare-bottom, minimum, you know, no-frills giving. It should be well above and beyond that, in Mm -hmm. my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. Okay. See, because the story that uh, came to mind real quick Mm -hmm. about that was the woman who put her last two pennies, basically, into whatever it was. I forget the what she put them into, but Jesus said it was her last two, you know, her last two denarii. She gave everything, and he said it shouldn't exactly. She gave more than anybody, right? And it was only two cents, and that's just like you know. So what I'm saying is. It's not the amount that you give. It's the willingness to give is what God examines. I think God examines our motive. And if we're trying to give, you know, above and beyond 10% to get into heaven, that's wrong motives. Yeah. We need to be giving to give, not to earn a reward from God. That, that's just the point that I was making. 100%. Tyler, are you familiar with Dave Ramsey? I've heard of him, and if anybody listening to Dave Ramsey is listening to this right now, no, I have never listened to him, but I okay. have heard of him. So, so sorry. No, that's all right. So he he is one of the guys yeah. that he is one of the guys that I I really respect. Be, and and here's why: he's done sure. the research, and he spent twenty years, twenty years plus, really defending biblical principles of wise money management and what does the Bible say. And the 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 the, the short version of Dave Ramsey is this. He grew up uh, in an average home, maybe a little poor to average, and graduated, put himself through college, got licensed as a real estate, started buying houses and flipping them, and ended up making a million dollars. And so he had a million dollars in the bank, mm. and he felt pretty good. And over time, he had used debt and borrowed to be able to amass this wealth. And at some point, the banks came to collect. He didn't have the money, and he lost everything. And so he sat down and said, you know, I met God on the way up, but I really got to know him on the way down. And so when I got to the bottom, I started yeah. looking. And I thought, I have all these degrees and number, you know, letters behind my name that say I'm supposed to know something about money. And here I am sitting broke and no house. And I, my, my kid doesn't even have a, a crib to sleep in. Like they, we, we had to file bankruptcy to keep him from taking it. Like, what am I doing wrong here? And where can I go to get some, some sound advice? And so he picked up the Bible and said, sure. what does the Bible say about money? And he, he, he went through and identified all of the scriptures that referenced money and then started laying them out into what he calls his baby steps. And so it's, it's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar with what to do, we're going to go over them here. If you're not familiar with what to do with money, if you're sitting there and going, that sounds great, Noah and Tyler, I 
agree that I should manage money. I agree that money should be an important thing and that I should follow what the Bible has to say about money. Tell me what to do. Here's what you do. First step, save a thousand bucks. Most people walking around today do not have a thousand dollars in their bank account. They certainly don't have an extra thousand dollars. I'm one of them. Yeah, sure. Most of us are. Don't have an extra thousand dollars in their bank account. And here's the problem with that. When you're driving to work and your alternator goes out or the or the fuel pump mm. goes out in your car and all of a sudden you're saddled with a $750 auto bill, you're like, well, geez, what are we not going to buy this month because we have to pay for this this auto repair thing, right? And it, it, yeah. it causes an immense stress and, and people end up doing stupid things out of desperation. So they go to their friend sure. Bob and say, hey, Bob, could you fix my alternator? And Bob says, oh, yeah, I can do that for you and starts tearing apart the car. And before you know it, Bob's damaged four different things trying to get to the, you know what I'm saying? And people start looking. They go, I wish and you I need could, a new car. <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I could have just taken this to a mechanic. But you can't take it to a mechanic because you don't have the money right and so the first step if you do nothing else with money save a thousand dollars and put it in a sock drawer put it in a bank account put it in a savings account but you don't touch that money for anything unless it's an emergency unless it's something you have no other way to pay for then you go into that thousand bucks you use that thousand bucks to weather the emergency and then after you've after you weathered the emergency then you replace the thousand bucks and so if you did nothing else with money be generous and save a thousand bucks good so let me ask you this real quick now. Let me mm-hmm. put in for just a second. Sure. What would you recommend to people? Would you rather would you recommend to people that are listening to actually put their money in a bank account or would it be better to actually have the thousand dollars in a like cash stored in a sock drawer where only you know where it's at? My recommendation would be put it wherever it is you won't think to spend it, right? Because the here's the problem with having it in okay. you would you certainly don't want it in your checking account because what happens is your emergency account starts to look an awful lot like a McDonald's play date with your kids you know a couple weeks in hey we have an emergency what is not gonna hurt if i spend 20 bucks at mcdonald's you know that kind of thing happens so if you're gonna put it in a bank account put it in a separate savings account you certainly don't want it invested in anything you certainly don't want it where you can't get to it quickly and if that means putting it in a sock drawer by all means put it in a sock drawer the point isn't to earn interest the point isn't to have a good investment the point is to have some money so when something bad happens, you can pay for the thing that you need to pay for. Save a thousand bucks. That's step one. Sure. If you can do that and you still say, hey, I got some energy, that worked pretty well. It's really nice not having emergencies. By the way, what, what you're going to find is once you do that, is when I did that, I saved up a thousand bucks. I put it into my account. I thought this is stupid. Oh, uh-huh. four weeks go by, six weeks go by. No emergency. All of a sudden, a month goes by, no uh-huh. emergency. Then something little pops up, like, you know, I had to, I think I had to get tires or something like that. And was, I, I had most of the money, but I needed a little bit. So I took 200 bucks out of the emergency account, replaced it. And going on like six, seven years later, I kind of stopped having emergencies once I had an emergency fund. And it's almost kind of <laughs> like God sat up and went, huh, now he gets it, you know? <laughs> so that's all, great. Yeah, that's all, great. All of a sudden, the emergencies start happening. So if that happens to you, and you come back and you're listening at, at whatever we're in, 29 minutes in, and you say to yourself, well, uh, okay, all right, that worked all right. All right. Well, what can I do next? What, what further could I do? Well, the second thing is we need to get out of debt. And the reason we need to get out of debt is because the Bible never identifies debt as sin, right? Nowhere in the Bible does it say thou shall not enter into a debt agreement. However, the Bible repeatedly says right. things like Proverbs 22, 7, the rich rule over the poor. The borrower is slave to the lender. The the Bible has everything bad to say about debt and nothing good to say about debt. Debt is stupid. Debt is dumb. People are slaves if they're in debt. You shouldn't be. Everything the Bible has to say about debt is negative. And so we can we can take from that that 
while it may be not a sin and certainly not a salvation issue, there is nothing positive, there is nothing beneficial about debt. And so step two is get rid of all your debt. If you have a car note, pay it off. If you have uh, credit cards, pay them off and close them. If you have, uh, you know, a, a, a small a small loan from a bank for whatever thing that you bought or a ski mobile or whatever, pay that off. Get rid of all of your debts and then never borrow money again. The idea is, the reason the biggest buildings in your city, the reason the biggest buildings in every city in America are banks is because they make their money by charging interest, borrowing money to people who don't plan so that they can get paid a lot of money. And if you take that money mm-hmm. and you keep it yourself, you will, you, first of all, you'll have more of it to begin with. But second of all, you can then start investing that money and start making, uh, you can start making money off of your money. And so, it, and th- this is something that a lot of people find to be overwhelming. I certainly did. I had no idea what to, where to start with. The mm-hmm. first time somebody told me you should invest money, I thought, invest in what? How? How do I lose money? How does that work? Yeah. You know, you just don't know. Right. And so, but the, the, right. before you can get to making money with it, the, the, the first thing you've got to do is stop paying other people to use their money. And so that means getting rid of all debt. And except the house. If you, if you have a small mortgage right. on a house, keep that. Step three is we started mm-hmm. with a thousand bucks. Before you, yeah, sure. Before you go, to, before you go to step three, I just want to read uh, Romans thirteen real quick. Absolutely, uh, just a couple of verses that actually deal with this very, very um, theme. It says here in Romans thirteen verse seven, it says, "Pay, pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to see it even goes more than material here. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed." Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. There you go. Sure. You know, we, so you're right, Noah, we are not to be in material debt or even immaterial debt such as respect. If you owe somebody respect, give them respect. If you right. owe them honor, like what does the Ten Commandments say? Honor your father and mother. Right. Honor them. That's what you owe to your parents. You know, you don't owe them money. You don't owe them this, that, and the other. You do owe them honor, though. Um, but 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 I think Paul is dead on here whenever he says, owe no one anything except to love, and in that you fulfill the law. Absolutely. And I love that, right? Like Because that's what God commands us to do, is to love one another. And all of these things that we're talking about are giving. It shows the love that we have for not only God, but for his people. Jesus, Matthew 25 comes to account. And actually, I just want to read it real quick before Absolutely. we go on to step three. We, sure. we got a little bit of time. Absolutely. Um, let me look it up. <clears throat> Let me look it up real quick because it's so important. I mean, because the things that li- hear me out. If you don't catch anything other than what I'm about to say, then please catch this and take it away. We are going to be judged based on how we treated other Christians, right? That's yep. that. I, I really believe that's our standard because if if I can pull up Matthew 25 here, um, while, while you're doing that, it, while you're doing Jesus that, Jesus goes me- into. Yeah, go ahead. Well, while you're doing that, I'll just talk the, the practical step for paying off debt. Because a lot of people look, they go, yeah, you, listen, you don't understand. I got $50,000 between credit card bets and medical bills and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. that sounds like a great idea to pay off all the debt, but I don't have $50,000 and I'll, I'll make that in a year. So, hey, happening, boss. Sure. And the, the way to do that is this you uh, line up all of your mm. debts in smallest to largest and pay off the smallest one first. And what happens is two things happen. Mm-hmm. First of all, first thing that happens is, your mentality changes because you've had a small win. You're now in less debt than you were before. Right. You've got one less collector coming out after you than you were before. You got one less bill. But the second thing that happens mm-hmm. is a mathematical thing, and that is that 
you now have more money freed up to attack the second debt. Anybody can get out of debt. Anybody right. can. If it's just it, it's a lot of work, and oftentimes it means sacrificing things you don't want to sacrifice. It means you're not going out to eat. It means you're probably selling some things. It means that you're probably doing vacations inside of your living room, watching a movie around the TV rather than going somewhere. <clears throat> those are the kind of things that it will take. Right. But if you do those things, if you are willing to stay true to what the Bible says. What will end up happening is you'll be able to live whatever life you want to live down the road because you'll have money. Right. Right. You know, you're absolutely right, man, because it, it, it goes so much further, right? We are talking about saving money. We're talking about budging our money. We're talking about using our money in a godly way, right? And to I, I think part of that is to use that money in a godly way is to not get ensnared by the very thing that we're trying to use to further the kingdom of God, right? I mean, that is the goal of everything. And what I was going to read about Matthew 25 was just this. It says, Then the king will come to those on his right and say, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Now listen to Jesus' words here. It's very, very intriguing to see him compare himself to actual humans. He says this. He says, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. It says, Then the righteous, notice who's answering, the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or give you something to drink, or see you as a stranger, or naked and clothe you? He said, When do we see you sick, or in prison, and visit you? He says, and the king will answer them, I tell you the truth, just as you did it to one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did it for me. So it goes so much further than money. It goes to our literal possessions, everything that our hard-earned money is bought. Because whenever I said a while ago, we don't need to rely on money, we need to rely on God, that's not an excuse to be lazy, right? Because the Bible also says if you don't work, you don't eat. Right. Right. So the point that I'm making is, is that we are supposed to, as Christians, right, the rich young ruler comes to mind. Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, give up everything and follow me. And what did he do? He ran away crying because he was so rich and wealthy and he had so many possessions. Right. He was consumed by his possessions. Yep. And that is what signifies, and that's what contrasts the sheep from the wolves, really, is are we willing to give up what we have to better for someone else? Yep. That I think, Noah, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the whole point of this conversation, right? It is. And the truth is that Jesus correctly points out most people who have a lot of material possessions find it very difficult to give those up in favor of Christ, right? Very. Mm -hmm. So step two is get rid of all your debt. Step three is this. We started with $1,000, and that will weather a lot of storms, right? It certainly won't weather all of them, though. Your your child goes in and all of a sudden has to have uh, you know, a, a medical procedure, and it costs $4,000 or $5,000. I mean, that thousand bucks ain't going to cut it, right? Uh, additionally, what happens if you lose your job? What happens if you, you, you're searching for a job? Now, most people will search for jobs for somewhere between three to six months um, to land a, a second job. Mm -hmm. And of course, a lot of us can get jobs faster than that, depending on where, where you work and all of that. But to people land a permanent job, it takes three to six months. So wouldn't it be nice if in those three to six months that you're worried uh, where you're trying to search for a new job, if it wasn't a, hey, I got to get back to work on Monday because we got to get some money rolling in this joint. If it wasn't that, yeah. and instead it was, no, no, we're going to take some time. We're going to go find the right job, the right fit, the right boss, mm -hmm. the right hours, the right distance, 
and I'm going to apply and I probably won't get hired the first time and I'll apply at a different place and I won't get hired that time. And then eventually I'm going to land the perfect job and then I'll be there for 20 years. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, how do you go about doing that? Well, you're going to need money to live for three to six months. And so step three, after you've paid off all the debt, is to save three to six months of expenses into your emergency fund. Now, again, this is not a daily operating fund. This is a separate fund that is just to be used for emergencies. So you show up and your boss says you're fired. Well, now you now that's an emergency. You don't have any money, but don't worry because you've planned for this. You have three to six months. Now, there's somebody out there saying to themselves, right. well, how do I know if I should save for three months or six? How do I know how long it will take me to get a new job? Only you can answer that question. I work in IT. I work in, in computers and networking. The chances that I would not be able to land a, 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 a another job if I needed one in about a week are slim to none, right? Because everybody has computers and everybody needs help. Now, if you are right. a uh, you know underwater basket weaver and you have a degree in underwater basket weaving and your employment situation changes, you may have a longer employment search to find somebody else who hires weavers who weave underwater. Um, and so you have to then in that case, you would want to plan for closer to the six months of expenses. The other thing, when you're looking at expenses, right, it's not how much money do I make in three months or six months and I save that. It's not what you have to do. What you have to do is figure out how much does it take to run your household? Because obviously we one of the very basic principles of money management is you want to live on less than you make. Right. If if we're not going to yeah. be in debt, then if we make fifty thousand dollars a year for forty thousand dollars or whatever it is, then we have to live on somewhere less than mm -hmm. that. And there are three things you should always be doing with money. The first thing is you should always be saving some of your money mm -hmm. because eventually you're going to need retirement. <clears throat> eventually, you're going to want to buy things. And so the way to do that is to save up the money mm -hmm. first, then go into the store and buy that car or that couch or that furniture or whatever it is. Save money always. Yeah. As we talked about, the most important thing to do with money is be generous with it, give it away, be an example of Christ. And so yeah. you should always be giving money. And the third thing is you should be spending some money on yourself. People work hard mm -hmm. to enjoy the fruits of their labor, and it's absolutely appropriate yes. for you to go enjoy some of that money. And as long as you're doing all three of those things, you are going to live a very productive, very happy, and very responsible life. The problem is... <clears throat> People get out of balance with the three. They either spend all of it or more of it than they actually have. They save too much of it. They become essentially a hoarder and they don't give anything away and they're just miserable people to be around because nobody, nobody wants to be around a selfish person or they're too generous. They give everything away and they don't even take care of their own family and they, they don't take care of their own household. They just everything. They, they, they just they give everything away foolishly. Um, all three of those things are equally bad are all of these are, are are equally unbeneficial to an individual and so you want to be doing all three of those things and so that three to six months right. of saving money and having that available enables you to save to, to 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 weather storms and to make responsible and wise decisions after you've done this right. let's and see what i like noah what, what I was going to say, what I like, no, what you're, what you're, what you're saying is you, there has to be a balance, right? It's not just about 
saving money. That If that's the only thing on your mind, then how can you ever provide for yourself or your family? That's the most important thing as an individual that we have to provide for, especially especially if you're a man, right? And, and, and you've taken this leadership position and you have a family and a child and or a wife and a child and all these different things. Your job and your role as the leader is to take care of your family, right? And if you're, if you're saving yes. all of your money, you can't take care of them because you're just putting it up. If you're giving all of your money away, how in the world can you take care of your family? Or like Noah just said, you know, beautifully, spend money on yourself. You've earned this money. Take advantage of it, but don't go on the deep end of the pool and spend it all, right? That's my problem. I have a big problem spending money if I have it. Oh, we all and do. if I would just, you know, lose it. Yeah, I mean, if I would just lose it in, you know, a savings account or even put it in my wife, my wife and I have two separate, you know, checking accounts. Mm -hmm. If I would just put it in her savings account or whatever, then, you know, I can, I mean, forget about it. And and that's the reason we have two separate checking accounts. You know, it's not that we don't trust each other. Sure. It's the fact that we can budget our money better. You know what I mean? With two different uh, checking accounts. But I, but I like what you're saying there, Noah. There's, there has to be a balance of where your money is going and what you're doing with it. That's exactly. Exactly right. And so when you can establish that balance, then what you find is it becomes easier to do other things with money. So what things should we do with money? Imagine this. You skate down the road. The the average, I think think what Dave Ramsey says is that the average American family can pay off all of their debt, be debt-free in two years, somewhere around there, right? So imagine... Mm-hmm. And then it probably takes you another six to eight months to save up your your three to six months of 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 really uh, of an debt free in two years average average. So what that means is obviously there are some people okay. that make less money and have more debt and they're going to take longer, and some people have more money and less sure. debt and so they're going to do it faster. But the average is about two years. Sure. So what what you find is what, this. I got a question real yeah, quick. Yeah, sure, sure. Real, real quick, if you if you've done the study, do you know what the average debt? people um accumulate in their life is like what like uh, i guess that'd be a bad way to put it because there's different demographics like for example i'm 29 years old right sure what is the average debt that a 29 year old has like do you know those demographics off the top of your head or just that would be something they would have to look at I'm, I'm i was actually just looking to see if i can find a number i'm sure that statistic is out there somewhere i don't have it uh i don't have sure. it i don't have it handy but here here's what i would guess having listened to having listened to dave ramsey's radio show uh, yeah. I, I, well, here you go. And if you want to go further, check out Financial Peace University. Did you know that the average family who completes Financial University pays off $5,300 in debt and saves $2,700 in the first 90 days? Over $5 million, uh, $5 million really? people have used Financial Peace University to budget, save, and get out of debt. Now it's your turn. So uh, and I suppose since we're, uh, since we're essentially ripping off his content, we should probably make a plug here. The, if you want to get into the actual Dave Ramsey class, he does free classes. I think they're free, or maybe they cost. I think the church pays for the know. thing, and then you're able to show up. But anyway, you go to just go to DaveRamsey.com, okay. click on Financial Peace University. Your church probably offers a class, and if it doesn't and you want to host a class, they have opportunities to do that uh, as well. But getting back to your point, Tyler, the, uh, it, yeah. it looks like, you know, let's say between five and $10,000. Um, if, they're, if they're paying off, okay. if they're paying off 5300 bucks in 90 days. Mm-hmm. So check this out real quick on CNBC.com. This is what they're they're saying that the average debt. Here's what it is. Ready? It says the average American now has about thirty eight thousand in personal debt, excluding home mortgages. Okay, I can buy that. 
I can buy that because you have that's, a $15,000 yeah, yeah, car. Sure. And, yeah, sure. Totally. Um, and so if yep. you're paying off $5,000 in 90 days, I would say that it, that probably lines up perfectly with paying off thirty, forty thousand dollars 40000 in two years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you break. So the, we've got about fifteen minutes left. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well. Okay. So. So the. So af, imagine this. You're two years down the road. Mm-hmm. You don't owe a dime to anybody. All you have is the house left. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything else is paid off. Every mm-hmm. dime that you get in your paycheck, you get to decide where to spend that money. The next thing right. to do is to start saving fifteen percent for retirement. And the reason for that is this. You don't want to rely on the government. You don't want to rely on social programs. You don't want to rely on other people's generosity to be able to eat in your old age. And so it makes sense to save. Now, here's the cool thing, and this is why I say it was a little tricky. Myself getting getting centered around uh, investment, it, it really threw me off. But it's, it's, it's very simple. The, the way it works is this. You don't want to buy single stocks. You don't want to buy uh, the, uh, the myriad of investment products that are out there. What you want to do is, is really you want to go find a financial advisor that can help you uh, figure out and make wise decisions. And what my financial advisor did when I sat down with him is he said, listen, you want to invest in mutual funds because mutual, inf- mutual funds are essentially a collection of the best performing companies in the United States and abroad. And we take those companies and say, okay, look at the S&P 500, for example. It is the 500 most successful companies, and you're going to invest some money in them, and, and, and then you'll get the returns back out of it. Now, the chances of, that, of the, chances of the S&P not making you money is slim to none. It's averaged like 10% since its inception, mm. right? Lately, my investments are sure. doing like 18%, 20% plus. So you plug that information into a compound interest calculator. If you put 100, if you save 200 bucks a month, if that's all you did, that's fact, let's do it right now. Um, I'm going to get a compound interest mm. calculator up and, and we'll do it. If you were to save just 200 bucks a month, if you did nothing else with money and the only thing you did for your retirement was save $200 a month and put it into mm-hmm. a into a growth stock mutual fund or even the S&P 500, which is you know one of the safest investments to do, uh, you will retire a very wealthy person by the time you get to 65. And the reason for that is the younger that you can get into that process, the the younger that you can start that process, the more that money mm-hmm. is going to grow over time. And so if you start when you're 30 years old and you have you know 30 years to to, 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 to earn interest, you're going to make a lot of money. So I'll, I'll get that mm-hmm. figure pulled up as, as we carry on here and, 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 and we'll circle back to that. But uh, the, the next thing I want to do is sure. invest money. Uh, baby step five is save for your children's college fund. Now, this is a little bit contested, right? Because the truth is people look at the – do you believe that it is, it, is requ- it is a biblical requirement to leave money to your, uh, to your, your, your kids? So I would answer that question. It is a biblical requirement to care for your kids whatever that means. Um, I, I think that's a liberty issue, honestly, because no, I don't think anywhere in the New Testament it says that we should leave money for our kids. I could be wrong on that. Like I said, I just don't have it on the top of my head right now. Yeah. If I am, please correct me. Um, but I think it's a liberty thing. How do we take care of our kids? Because here's my, you know, real, just real quick, we've got about 10 minutes left, so I want to wrap things up. Um, but here's the thing. For whenever kids go to college nowadays, right? How mm-hmm. many of those? How many of those kids are coming out of the? You know, coming out of college, going into what they wanted to, getting their degree for whatever it was, and then coming out and getting a job 
with that. I I, I just don't see it mm-hmm. like it used to be. Not anymore. You know, I see the jobs, and I just saw like a a, a poll the other night, um, or, or statistics the other night. But the jobs are not college jobs, and I don't want to offend anybody by saying that. But that's not where the jobs are. Your jobs nowadays is coal mines and technical fields. Oh yeah, and stuff oh absolutely. Like, um, uh, uh, trade jobs, yeah. Welding and all of these different right tra- uh, trade jobs exactly. That so if anybody's out there thinking about where do I want my kid to go, maybe think about a trade school. Just yes. you know my my advice. You're 100. Um, you're 100 anyway, percent on board. No. Well, here's here's what I I, I I would just point us to Proverbs 13:22. A good person leaves an inheritance to okay. their for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. And Look so, at that. Well, so here here's what I take from that. Thank what you I, for that. Well, I didn't know. Well, here's here's what I <laughs> yeah. take from that. What I take from that is I and again this is hotly contested this is not like the end all be all like the the Bible says that there are plenty of people that sure. would that would that would argue with me that it's you know that we don't have a obligation to leave but my personal belief is that I believe I should leave something uh, for my children that's that's what I personally believe now circling back to this the, the I invest, agree. if yeah. all you did Tyler from the age of 20 years old until 65 when you retire if you just save 200 bucks a month just uh, save that money and put it mm-hmm. in an S&P 500 if that's all you did just 200 bucks you did nothing more do you know what you'd retire with at 65 What's that? At twelve percent interest, you'd re- retire with three million two hundred ninety-two thousand five hundred forty-nine dollars and sixty cents. And mind you, we're not at now. 12- that's starting at what age? How, how twenty? But okay, how long so you're, you, you said you're, you said you're twenty-nine, okay. right? You said you're twenty-nine. I'm twenty-nine. All right, let me shave yep. ten years off of that, and okay. you're going to still retire with one million four hundred sixty-four thousand dollars five hundred fifty-two dollars and thirty-two cents. Right. So so start early, ladies and gentlemen, start, start saving early, start early. But the, here's the here's the bigger point I would get to. It doesn't it's not so much how much you're saving. It's consistency and frequency. All we every paycheck set a little bit aside. If you can do I started when I started saving Tyler, I started saving 10 bucks a month or 10 bucks out of my paycheck. I took 10 okay. bucks and I put it aside. And that has grown significantly now, obviously. But. At the time, it was some, it was it was training my brain to hey every time I do something I'm going to put a little bit of money aside, so save for yeah. your kids uh, f- save for your kids college if you believe that you should save for your kids college. Finally, step six, pay off your house, absolutely, and then baby step seven is give build wealth and give live like nobody else's dave ramsey says so the the, if you do nothing else if you come away from this episode and you say listen all of this sounds great i'd like to do it all but i don't even know really where to start if you did nothing else start by making a budget go to everydollar.com sign up for a free account there and create a budget for your family plan every dollar that you're going to spend before the month begins this is this is again this comes straight from dave ramsey what he tells people to do and it works for millions and millions of people it definitely worked for me and my family Uh, if i cannot recommend this kind of biblical wealth management enough but it starts by being intentional about your money deciding on what you're going to spend money on looking down and saying hey we could order a pizza for 29 bucks but if we do that we won't be able to do x down the road and start looking at, at all of that stuff out and then then you, then when you order a pizza for 20 bucks you know it's not coming out of this week's grocery budget because you have all that money laid out you have an item for pizza and eating out you have another item for groceries you have another item for paying your bills and you can organize those things the very first thing you should put on your budget is groceries second thing you should put on your 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 uh your budget is your housing. Third thing should be your utilities. If you have food and you have the house and you have you know your house paid for that month and you have lights and water and and, and utilities in the house, you live to fight another day, right? 
And so we can decide yep. then what to do with the rest of the money. But people have gotten their priorities so far out of whack that I meet people that are like, yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to pay my mortgage this week, but yet they bought a camper or a truck or something else. And you're looking at them kind of sideways going, did you not think about that when you, you know? And so yeah, what we're trying to right. do, what we're trying to do is, is, is encourage you to take the necessary steps to try to move towards a more biblical way of managing money. And I think what you'll find, and I certainly have found this, I think what you'll find is that when you start managing money God's way and doing things the way that the Bible has outlined, you'll find that life is far easier. And you'll also find that you have a lot more money to go around and a lot more money to do things with. And so where where that leaves me as a person is I have the ability to be a better Christian and be a, a, a more influential person on other people, right? I have the ability to, right. to, 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 to buy equipment that I can loan out to people. I've had the opportunity to travel to places and, and talk to people about God and, uh, and, and meet people and love people well. And all of those things came because I, start, I took 10 minutes and sat down and said, I need to start paying attention to how I'm spending money, how I'm saving money, and how I'm using money. And... And, and it's completely changed my life. And so, Tyler, when you asked me, right. when you said, hey, you know, we'll sit down and talk about these things, uh, what would what would be something that you are passionate about? Money is absolutely one of those things. Absolutely. And see, and that's a beautiful thing, too, is because we can be passionate about things without, you know, breaking that first commandment, without actually putting those things in the place of God or even putting them things before God. Right. Because like I was saying in the beginning, it's not just about, you know, it's not just about falling down and worshiping false gods. We can, fishing can be an idol. Uh, money can be an idol. Absolutely. The love of money is the root of all all evil, right? Money is not evil. This is what we were talking about in, in the beginning of this program. Um, I want to transition now into the last little part. And because Noah, I, I thank you, dude, for doing this the research on this you know subject. I'm sure we can put links in the description. Absolutely, um, f- that people can click on. You know, if you want to find out more about Dave Ramsey, um, you set a website just a minute ago that you could actually make a free account and make a budget. We'll put that in the description box. Yes. Um, but to to kind of wrap up this episode and the complete center's guide for now. Um, so this is. This is my last episode um, for my, so this part is just for my, you know, listeners and, you know, my notice listeners that's been with us from the beginning. This is actually my last episode for a while. Uh, We're going to take a hiatus for a little bit and just just little things, you know, have came up like, I, I mean, not little, but I've got a baby girl on the way now. I need to take some time to actually put this into practice, what we've been talking about here and focusing on my family and my baby girl that's coming. Um, you know, and focus on money and focus on them. And I'm not saying, you know, take my focus off of God or anything like that. I love God. I'm going to keep, you know, teaching and preaching. You know, his word is just not going to be on this platform for a little while. But don't worry. Don't worry. Me and Noah, I promise, Lord willing, we will be back um, in this time. What 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 do you think, Noah? What, what do you think about, you know, the Complete Center's Guide in all of its, you know, six months of glory, how do you think we did, man? Like for 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 the first little season, I guess we could call it. I would like to believe that uh, that it was a that it was it was a it was a good learning experience for both of us. I think, uh, you know, 
I yeah. have done a number of different shows, and um, you clearly have the passion and ability to do the prep and, and, and put the amount of hard work that you need to do to be able to get the show off the ground. And, and so thank you for doing that. Um, that's really fantastic. I think mm. where we go from here is, is this. I think you need some time, obviously. And, you know, you say I, it's not that I don't want to exemplify God. I would argue by not taking time for your family, not taking time for your newborn daughter, not taking time to recenter around your household, that would be flying in the face of what God wants for you, right? Um, but but going, right. but I, I guess going forward, what I would like to believe is that we learned a lot of lessons on what works, what doesn't work, um, better ways to do things, less better ways to do things. And now we have all of the infrastructure in place. Now we have all of the protocols in place. Now we have a process in place for being able to do this a little bit more efficiently. So if and when, well, it sounds like yeah. when you decide to return to uh, to, to picking the torch back up, um, we'll be in a far better place to continue that. It's definitely a win for sure. It's it, I, you know, and, and the only if is if the Lord is willing, right? If the Lord is willing for us to continue to do this at a later date, you know, then by all means, let His will be done. But the main thing in the last couple minutes that we got, you know, if if no one takes away anything from the Complete Sinners Guide, not just from this episode, but from the Complete Sinners Guide in general, I want you guys to take away this. And it's Hebrews eleven six. It says this. It says, "But without faith, it is impossible." to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Out of all of the topics that we have discussed, money, Calvinism, Arminianism, all of these different things, I mean, and there was so much more than just that, you know, but that, you know, the Calvinism-Arminian thing is what we kind of centered around a little bit, because I mean, I'm a Calvinist, right? Noah is not a Calvinist, and I think what this you know program did was it shows that we can work together, we can love each other, we can do these things, and we don't always have to fight. That's all I saw on Facebook, you know, was fighting, 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 and no, that is not what the body of Christ is about. But the problem is this, is that if we are going to please God with our money, with us, with anything in general, we must must, must have faith in Jesus Christ. That is what is going to please God. That's the one work that Jesus and God the Father accepts. John six twenty nine. They're asking, what is the work that we must do to please God? Jesus said, this is the work of God. This is the work that God requires to believe in the one whom he has sent. And if you guys don't do that, if I don't do that, if Noah doesn't do that, none of this matters anymore. All of our money will be burned up along with us. And if you don't get anything out of the Complete Center's Guide, get this. Repent and believe in Jesus. That's the message, what we wanted to proclaim to the world. And it looks like that we've done that. Noah, if you've got anything to wrap up, and I don't know how much time we got. I see it's 11 o'clock now. Yeah, we've got, we've but, got, but another, th- we got but, about another three minutes. But like, I, I guess I, I would just say thank you. Oh, okay. I, I would guess I would just say thank you for what you have done, Tyler. Thank you for the work that you put into this program. I, I would li- again, I would like to believe that we've learned enough that we are, are, are in a position yeah. now to, after you get through the, the – um, the joy and the shock of, of, of having a child that you, you'd have an opportunity to return to this and we can come back and, and kind of revisit it. But if not, yeah, I think it was a great run. And I think we did, uh, I think we did, I think we did a, 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 you did a good job. I really didn't do much. I just sat in the back and, and clicked buttons, but, Oh, you did. Uh, Brother, you did so much more. That's that you did like everything technical behind the scenes. And I appreciate that from you, man, because you didn't have to. And I know this took a lot of time and a lot of energy, you know, a lot of extra time and a lot of extra energy. 
and I just want to say thank you for for not only for the show, but even behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Like even whenever we talked and we, you know, I was having some issues or whatever, and you know, you was just there for me, and I really, really appreciate that. Dude. You know, like, it's funny. You, you know, it's funny. You, it's funny you mentioned that because I was talking to my wife about this the other night. We were, we were having a conversation. She said, "So what are you going to do with the complete sinners guide on home?" And I said, "Here's the thing." I said, there are some people that you meet in the world that you know are good business relationships, that you know are people that you need to be doing work with. And so you, you do work with them because it's, been, it's mutually beneficial. And I said, that's not Tyler, though. That's, Tyler is one of those people where him and I got, yes, we started over doing a show. But the truth is him and I have built a friendship that's going to last a lifetime with or without a show. And I'm thankful that we had right. the opportunity to, to do that in the show. I hope that I sincerely hope that we have the opportunity to pick it back up on the other side of baby uh, and, and, and have an opportunity to see how far we can really push the show. But uh, for now, if I got nothing else out of it, I would, I would die a happy man knowing that the friendship, the lifelong friendship that we have gotten out of, uh, out of the show and all the friends that we've made around Mm -hmm. the world, people that download the episode and people that have interacted with us on Facebook and through email and, and all of those kinds of things. I mean, just there aren't enough good things to say about people like that. Yep. Yep. I, I agree there. You guys, you listeners are the ones that actually made the show. I mean, in six months, we hit 14 different countries. Right. And and I know that is God. I mean, and, and all praises and all glory goes to him because without him, none of this would have been possible. Absolutely none of it. So my first and you know foremost thank you and the biggest one that I could possibly give is to God for just allowing us to, you know, dig into his word and dive deep into Absolutely. it and really expound it. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. So if you want so more information I, what, if you want more information yeah. for the time being, continue to check out completesinners.com yes. and also if you want to catch some of Tyler, perhaps uh, visit AskNoahShow.com. That's uh, where I do a weekly talk radio show on Linux. I hope to have Tyler on some of my other shows as well. For now, we'll say goodbye, and we'll see you next time on the Complete Center's Guide.